This thing doesn't want to work. Oh. I don't know why. It's like uh, Mythbusters. Quack, damn you. Work, damn you. Like, is the bendy part not bend- staying up? Or is the... Oh. Yeah. Do we just need to tighten it? It shouldn't be. I got it. We're Gucci. I knew it was just a matter of, like, keep messing around with it till it worked, you know? Yep. So. Are we currently recording? Yeah. Okay, so I have my opener idea. Just continue talking while I get this set up. Oh, okay. So, uh, let's see. I don't have any good ideas for what to talk about. I have. Daniel's pulling out some Pop-Tarts. Eggo waffle flavored Pop-Tarts. Oh, no. <laughs> this is why you were asking me. Yes, this is why I was asking you about your opinions on Eggo waffles and on toss Pop-Tarts. It. Just toss it. Oh, you're going to put it on a plate. Yes, I'm going to put it on a plate. <laughs> Not an animal. Are you calling me an animal after all these years? I've literally First only up, ever... After all these years? Yes, I've been, I've been eating the frosted brown sugar Pop-Tarts for years without a plate. <sighs> That's okay. <laughs> Have you tried these? No, I haven't. This is going to be first reactions here. Ooh. Right now. This is either going to be gonna really be the, good or my really like good. ASMR like... And that was the sound of Pop-Tart foil crinkling. The Pop-Tarts don't want to uh, unstick themselves. These are unnaturally yellow. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) It smells like uh, maple syrup. Like, smell smell the bottom. Yeah. It it smells like, like, uh, like pancake syrup specifically. Not maple syrup, like pancake syrup. Yeah. All right. Here goes nothing. The type of thing you would uh, eat at a hotel. Not bad. To me, it tastes like a hotel waffle with like hotel syrup, which I kind of like. I feel like I'm getting mostly the like the edge. Mm. So let's grab the middle. I mean, yeah, no, I'm a fan thus far. It's not bad. I would still choose the uh, brown sugar, frosted brown sugar over these. Agreed. But like, is it between these and the, what, the strawberry ones? Mm. Um, I would choose these, but like. Get out of here with those fruit flavored pop tarts. What even is that? Exactly. Come on. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, I like these. It's not bad. Probably the second best Pop-Tart I've had. Yeah, not bad. I mean... I'm not one who, like, I'm not a Pop-Tart connoisseur, but... How did you find out about these? (laughs) I... So, like, a week ago, I had this, like, odd craving for Pop-Tarts, which is weird for me. Like, not a thing that I crave. So, I was at the grocery store, and I had told a friend of mine that... I was craving Pop-Tarts. And so I sent them a photo of the entire Pop-Tarts, like, rack. Mm-hmm. I was like, which one do I get? 
And then I went for brown sugar and cinnamon anyways. But they were like, wait a second. Are those Eggo flavored Pop-Tarts on the top shelf? And I was like, yes, those are. I didn't have a desire to get them, but yes, those are. And they were like, they're made for you. You love waffles and they're on the top shelf. Only you can reach them. And I was like, it's a sign from (laughs) Wafflios, the waffle god. Made for me. It's a collaboration between Wafflios, the waffle god, and Pop Tartarus, the Pop Tart god. <laughs> well, welcome to Mind Pizza, where we give you a piece of our mind and eat ego Pop Tarts. I'm John. I'm Daniel. <laughs> I swear I did have a reason for this. Yeah, because this week we're talking about nostalgia, aren't we? Yeah, and yeah. I feel like. The Eggo Pop-Tart is a combination of like two nostalgic breakfast foods for both of us. Yeah, like my craving for Pop-Tart was in itself a nostalgic thing. Like that Pop-Tarts taste like childhood and Eggo Waffles taste like childhood. And so an Eggo Waffle flavored Pop-Tart just seemed like childhood in a little foil wrapper. So (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I feel like it, it it was a fitting opener for an episode on nostalgia. What's your general what's your general feelings on nostalgia? Mm. I see that it has a place, but I think most of the time I tend to be on the negative end of it. Of uh, if somebody is being nostalgic, I usually end up going stop living in the past cuz mm. the nostalgia to me whenever I see it happening and whenever I hear it labeled as nostalgia, it's usually kind of the worst type of uh worst form of it yeah like remember when we were kids and tv was actually good and cartoon network actually had fun shows and all these sorts of things yeah i mean have you ever watched south park no okay great tv show but they literally talk about uh nostalgia and they almost equate nostalgia um with racism and all these other things Mm. of they came up with this concept of member berries they look like blueberries Mm -hmm. um but the berries can talk and Mm. so they they start with like cute fun little things of like remember star wars yeah remember leia like things like that things that were like the 70s 80s so people who are older nostalgia um i mean still nostalgia for us but at the same time kind of different um and then eventually they start getting worse and worse of yeah remember the war like yeah yeah <laughs> they start remembering things that we're like not so not so proud of remember when whites had the power like, yeah and that's something that like in so it's interesting in in commentaries i've read on kind of modern society um and actually in there's a book called atlas of the human heart by Brene brown yes um big fan of it and she has a section on nostalgia and yeah she's actually not not big on it um i mean values it as like it's a genuine human emotion yeah but it can be used it can be weaponized into a really bad form you know oh, yeah. when because it's like things that fuel these aspects of like oh like we just got to get back to the good old days Mm -hmm. and it depends on the person whether the good old days were the 80s or the 90s or the 50s or the 20s or you know but whatever it is we have this thing of like oh those were the good old days we just got to get back to that and it's like well usually 
A, we're looking back on the good old days with rose-colored glasses. And two, some of that might be like, well, that's because you or your ancestors, those were the good old days for you, but they weren't necessarily the good old days for everybody, you know, and that it's like that there's uh there's a sense that it, it's not objective i mean it can be colored the further we are away from it well yeah i mean heck even the this the sense of uh, thinking that you have the right idea with what the good old days yeah were because i mean you've you've literally talked about this before on a podcast episode but people don't remember things actually happening yeah like, the way that they that they happen so the fact that you're thinking about, ah, oh, yeah, I remember when I was 15 and I was fit and all this, like, I, I it's one of my issues with mm. like the midlife crisis is, well, I'm going to do all the things I wanted to do as a teenager. No, you're imagining the things that you wanted to do yeah. as a teenager. When you were a teenager, all you wanted to do was be an adult. So yeah. you weren't in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I- you weren't really that fit. You no. just you just had a really high metabolism. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I at least I know myself, I have a tendency to like look back on some arbitrary period of time. I'm like, oh, that was that that period of time was so great. And I don't remember the negative things. And sometimes I'm exaggerating the good things. And vice versa. I think I look back on some sections and I'm like, oh, that period of life sucked. And I'm almost like reverse nostalgia-ing because mm-hmm. it's like I'm forgetting like, oh, no, like there were genuinely good parts mm-hmm. of that period of my life. Yeah. And like, would I go back to it? No. But like there were good things that were still going on because good and bad can be happening at the same time. Um, it was interesting because I think at the same time, there are really good and fun aspects of nostalgia and that, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, nostalgia is escapism and you should just, you know you know, let the past die, burn it if you have to, to quote Kylo Ren. Um, and it's like, I don't, I don't think that's true either because yeah. it's like, I think there's also something we said for like, especially like the goofy fun that can come from nostalgia of like, I remember when the Detective Pikachu movie came out and people were like, what the hell? Like, this is just like... Nos- I really appreciated that movie. Yeah, people are just like, oh, we're just nostalgia mining now. We have this weird CGI Pikachu. He's voiced by Ryan Reynolds. What even is that? Why is he wearing a detective hat? I don't like this. This is dumb. This is just a bunch of millennials who don't want to grow up. And it's like, no! This is a bunch of millennials who are grow- like grown up. We just like... Just because you're grown up doesn't mean you can't have fun. And like... It's it's fun. It's goofy. It's fun. Like, you know, that's okay. It's okay yeah. to recognize like something can be entertaining and fun and even be a callback <laughs> to good memories from childhood without being utter escapism, I think. John is peering into the mid-distance. I think it depends. Side mm. note first. Uh Detective Pikachu if if it had been if if I hadn't had the context around it, I think I still would have appreciated it because I just have a man crush on Ryan Ryan Reynolds. The, the, <laughs> Who doesn't? It's just the truth. Um, Ryan Reynolds, uh, if you're listening to this, I don't know what to tell you. You're great. Why, why are you listening to this? You have better things to do. Why Go. wouldn't he be listening to this? 
because he has better things to do. Go go make more like, like go make more movies or guest starring on our podcast. He Ooh, could do that too. That would be fun. That would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that will happen, but hey, you never know. You never know know how life goes, huh? You never know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, Mister Reynolds, you're great. John, carry on. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I think the kind of in my head and feel free to debate me on this i think nostalgia is good start and end almost in the range of watching a home movie Mm. or having a discussion with a family member i don't know if it's good to uh constantly have like uh callbacks to yeah like things that you grew up with because at a certain point that was then yeah this is now like they're they're yeah yeah and so you would kind of get stuck in this loop so uh <clears throat> i think it has a very narrow yeah. value point and outside of that that very narrow if, I, if i'm talking about like a foot i'm talking like maybe an inch yeah. within a foot i see value in and then the rest of it i see as being <clears throat> either dangerous yeah. or um unhealthy and I also, I, w- I would agree with that. And I think, I think there also comes in something of when you start to feel like you own the thing that you feel nostalgic about and it can mm-hmm. almost, it can lead to that kind of like toxic gatekeeping behavior where like, I guess for me, the example I think of is like when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Revenge of the Sith. I was eight years old. It was 2005 um to almost nine and oh my gosh i loved it yeah you know like i had just seen star wars the other movies for the first time that year and that was like the culmination and it was just amazing yeah and i loved the prequels i was i was eight like i loved Mm -hmm. the prequels i thought the the lightsaber fights were interesting and the spaceship battles were cool and r2d2 and c3po were funny and like Mm -hmm. the puns that he makes in attack of the clones were funny and jar jar binks was hilarious and like you know i loved it i thought it was great and then and and i continued to think that until i'd probably say like i was like 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that i changed my mind it was that i started to hear all these older people ahead of me grumbling and being like oh it sucks it's so dumb and like it's, it's nothing like the original trilogy and they just shouldn't have even made them and i was like oh shoot i guess you're right i mean i guess i guess they aren't good i guess they are they are dumb and then the thing for me that changed it was i saw when the sequel trilogy you know came out in theaters mm-hmm. here you know i was now in college yeah and like for me personally did i enjoy seeing them in theaters yeah did i do i like was the experience good yes do, do i like the movies do i think they are good movies no i don't like them number eight can go die in a hole so so here's the thing is i'm like i genuinely i genuinely had a very good time seeing every one of those movies in theaters like great memories would i rewatch any of them now no no but i had this moment where i was like oh geez like you know i was like oh these sequel movies suck i don't like them they're nothing like the original trilogy and And then the original trilogy isn't that great either well so now here's the funny thing is that i was working in like a summer internship at the time and my boss's son comes into work 
and my boss was like i've got a ton of work to do like do you mind if my son like hangs out with you for mm-hmm. the day and i was like oh totally like and i can show him how the 3d printer works we can you know we can design something cad modeling all this stuff so i'm i'm, I'm working with this kid this kid's like nine yeah and i was like what's your favorite movie and he said you know oh, star wars the force awakens i love it so much you know it, it's just great and he starts talking mm-hmm. about it and I was like, did you see it in theaters? He was like, yeah, you know, I was eight years old when it came out and I love it. And I had this moment where I told him, I was like, funny enough, I was eight years old when I saw Revenge of the Sith come out in theaters and I loved it. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my, like I've become the grouchy old man who's yep. like, oh, it's not like the original trilogy. It's not as good. They shouldn't have even made it. It's so dumb. Yep. And it's like, no, like every generation is going to find their thing. And can I say like, okay, I don't think they're good movies. Yeah. That's totally fine for me to say, but to be like, Oh, they're dumb. They should never have been made is me trying to take ownership of this thing. That was never mine to own. I just enjoyed it as a kid. Mm -hmm. And now it's being remixed and repackaged and reinterpreted for a new generation. And they like, that version and that's totally okay for them to enjoy it and so i think it's that aspect of when it's like i'm starting to take ownership or starting to gatekeep over this is star wars and this isn't star wars this is the cool thing that's not the cool thing anything that came out after 1999 is dumb you know (laughs) and it's like that's not fun and at the end of the day i don't think any of us really want to be that person well at least i don't think I would hope not, but there are some people I think in my life oh, that yeah. I could like yeah. name off, and it's like okay. okay. But like none of us, <laughs> none of us enjoy talking to that none person. Of, none of us grew up wanting to be that person. Yeah, and yeah. I guess I'd say like none of us enjoy talking to that person, and none of us enjoy being a person that people don't enjoy talking to. Yeah. So to some degree, at least, none of us want to be that person, really. You know. Um, so I don't know. And I see it in a lot of things where it's like, you know, the wheel of time just got adapted into a TV show. And there's a lot of people being like, oh, this is dumb. They never should have made it. It's not like the books, blah, 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 blah. And like, again, do I think it was a good TV series? Nah, no, I'd give it like a five and a half out of ten. Okay, Not great. Yeah. But at the same time, they put a ton of work into it. Overall, the acting was great. Um, there were lots of really good elements of it. There was one scene in the series that literally made me cry you know so there were really good parts of it as a whole i didn't like it but there's a difference between me saying like okay yeah i personally don't like it and saying like this is dumb and it should never have existed because it doesn't match my idea of what this should be you know so and i also see a lot of that with like uh there's the new um rings of power tv series coming out on amazon which is a lord of the rings prequel oh okay it's kind of loosely based on oh, this. Oh, yeah. They did that yeah, commercial yeah, yeah. during the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's like loosely based on the Cimmerillion with some other elements. Um, and I've seen that too, where people are like, oh, they're going to ruin Lord of the Rings. Like, it's not the same, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right. At this point, Tolkien wrote The Hobbit almost a hundred years ago. <laughs> and like, still doing fine the books still exist they're still great books we already had the hobbit trilogy which was not great movies like it's not gonna ruin it the books will still exist like yep 
let them have some creative fun see what happens i don't know you know i'm always a fan of giving people a little creative freedom and letting them remix and and see what happens so there are my arguments for the fun side of nostalgia but also the potential toxic negative aspects if we take it too far i think also a part of it is weirdly saying this is a 25 year old like adult so still very fresh in it i guess not seven years in whatever seven years into adulthood yeah because you're an adult at 18 to quote bo burnham (laughs) trust me i would know i just turned 25 (laughs) (laughs) for the amount that i quote bo burnham on this podcast i feel like people think i'm a much bigger fan of him than i really am but he's a very quotable comedian he is tis yes anyways continue i derailed Um, the amount of people who don't grow out of the nostalgia so like there are so this is there are people who make their entire living playing video games yeah which is great they also i don't think see themselves necessarily only as people who play video games yeah but as entertainers as well content creators um (laughs) that's a whole other subject that maybe i want to broach at some point future episode woo um create some crazy ridiculous sound whoa 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 future episode future episode (laughs) (laughs) something horribly obnoxious but the people that watch them or the people that live like them yeah but then don't either that's not how they make their money or like things like that i see as very unhealthy heck i see most of them as very unhealthy yeah because they end up acting like children most of the time yeah um but that's what gets the views that's what gets clicks all the yeah. all these sorts of things but they're acting like a child when they're in an in an adult wow i can't speak tonight this is a whale end of four work days Woo! <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah i see that as a possible existential threat in like the future yeah. of of that and i mean some of it was it was forced upon us with yep. covid and the the lockdowns um but at the same time um i think it's gonna have a pretty big impact in the next several years um i think this is miss miss uh representing entire the entirety of the population but uh at the the highest employment level amongst men i think it's men was uh 93 percent i think somewhere in the 90s Mm -hmm. and currently we are up to 88 percent okay i think again for men but based off of that number i think it's something like five million men are Mm -hmm. quote missing from the workforce interesting and so the i'm saying this all after reading a post on linkedin so it's not like i really have a fully formed opinion but the argument there was that there are five million men who are just playing video games hmm okay (laughs) which one i don't necessarily agree with yeah 
They're it's prob- a potential conclusion that could follow from that, but there is no ev- there is no that. evidence yeah. for that. Yeah, and I think you would see a lot more issues with the, within society if yeah. five million men were just playing video games. And I guess First I'd off, also oh that's on. half the size of metropolitan Chicago. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was that group literally all clumped in one? Area. Like it was just a like half city of just like, and this is video game city where we play video games. It would be St. Louis plus two million people. St. <laughs> Louis Metro plus two million people. Think about that. That'd be interesting. I mean, it'd basically be like Ready Player One at that point. Um, at the same time, that's not shock. That that no. concept's not shocking to me. No. How many of my neighbors do I know? I do not know a single name of my neighbor, and I have true. two on each wall. Fair, fair. Um, so it's an interesting thing to me because I think even in that case of like, let's say, yeah, you're a content creator and you play video games and like you, you make money from that. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who'd be like, oh, you know, get your butt off the couch you're and, just you lazy, know, man. contribute to society. And I'd argue like... No, I, I I think that's a good, valid thing to do because clearly if you're making money from it, it means people are watching it and, and people are finding some level of value in, in what you are, the content you're producing. And I mean, um, even in a way, it's not just the people watching find value, it's the people that are actually paying you are the ones who find value yeah. because you have an audience of people who are watching your content and yeah. value that. And then also there are people who want to advertise to said people who are watching yeah. your content who find value in what you're doing or some amount yeah. of that. And I'd argue that, you know, I can say like, okay, that is not a compelling career to me personally. I don't want to do that. But to the same degree, you know, that person probably doesn't find, you know, doing scientific research and teaching and trying to, you know, um, work on prison reform as a compelling career for them. And so it's like mm-hmm. everybody has their things that they find compelling and you know, they're, they're not all the same things. That's okay. That doesn't mean that something that isn't compelling to me isn't valuable. It just means that it's, it's valuable to a different person or in a different way. Um, yeah. There's something that I was thinking about because um I think I don't think I sent you these two videos, but uh, Hank and John Green, the, mm-hmm. vlog, the vlog brothers, brothers. big fan of them. Uh, but they had this great like double set of short videos called. They were all about what they call the sad gap, which hmm. is basically being like, where the sad gap is when you know enough to know there are lots of problems, but you don't know enough to do anything about them. And then basically they were like, so how do you, how do you traverse the sad gap? How do you get to the other side? Um, and one of John Green's things he was saying was that it was like recognizing that, you know, he used an example of uh, when they were trying to do some humanitarian aid for um, like a famine and health crisis in this one country. And they were like, okay, like what money can we give? What can we do in a week? And they were like, honestly, we don't need that we need we need people who can work on this for a year for two years who can consistently help with this who can stay 
and really get involved on this thing. Yep. Like that's how you make a difference. And so it's like burning versus brilliant flash. Yes. And that he was saying part of learning about that and learning about how to traverse the sad gap is that, you know, you you might not be able to traverse the sad gap on, on every issue that is presented to humanity. We have a lot of them. Um, Thankfully, we also have a lot of humans and if everybody can choose one thing or a couple things they really are passionate about and care about and find compelling and really want to dig deep and do the work to really understand it and understand the nuance and see the good and the bad and how do we traverse it and how do we be smart about it if everyone can choose and commit to one of those things we can easily cover all the problems you know it just takes being willing to find that one thing that you find compelling um so i don't know how, how that re- relates to nostalgia but uh <laughs> it's just something i've been thinking about um so i think so something you said that i found interesting is you said you know sometimes the the person who is maybe being nostalgic and creating content about playing video games or whatever mm-hmm. people are like oh you're just being a, a child you're acting like a child mm-hmm. and i find it interesting because you know yes generally i'd say most most people in our society would say that you know okay uh being childish is not the best trait as an adult uh there's something to be said for emotional maturity and, and self-control and understanding mm-hmm. how to respond well in complex situations but i'd also say that for many of us we do value the aspect of being childlike and having that playfulness and having the ability to have fun and enjoy simple things. And that I think to some degree, some of those things, it's like, that's not childish. That's just childlike. Maybe that's part of the reason that people find value in that. I mean, I'm speaking myself as it's like, on the one hand, I'm a PhD candidate engineer Mm -hmm. and I'm a teacher and I wear a lot of these adult hats in my life but also like i have a bookshelf with legos on it in my apartment and like i find that really fun and goofy I, currently i have a lego model of castle grayskull on a shelf with uh gargantos from the upcoming doctor strange movie climbing up the walls of castle grayskull like is that is that like a, a child thing? Yes, absolutely. That is a playful thing that has zero value in the adult sphere. Mm-hmm. But does it make me smile every day? And do I find value in it? Yeah. And like it reminds me to be playful in life. And so I think there's something to be said for defining a difference between being childish and just being childlike. Yeah. Um, so... Because you you said the word that I was gonna like say, I think there is a difference though. I think there is a big difference between ch- being childish and being childlike. I usually tend to think childlike is more about like a childlike curiosity yeah. or a childlike creativeness. Um, being willing to be naive is yeah. usually how I see that. Whereas I usually, when I think about childish, being childish, I see it as. Uh, um stopping and not wanting to move Mm. so um 
kind of like thro- I'm going to plant my foot here and you can't make me move. Yeah, th- throwing a temper t- tantrum because that, things aren't going what, your way. Exactly. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the things I fear about kind of the not necessarily like the content creators themselves, mm. but or even the stream or the, the streamers or content creators or any of them, but the people who watch them mm. because. Um, <clears throat> with the content creators, you can literally see a growth path for them of like, this is how they were two years ago. And this is how they are now. And this and is how they are now. And yeah. like some of them, it's crazy numbers. Of yeah. They were at a hundred people or they just started a channel two yep. years ago and they're at a million, two million, however many. And it's usually amazing to see how they're their content and the quality of their content has also exponentially increased over that period of time. Yes. But then if you think about somebody who is a viewer then and a viewer yeah. now, they're still technically in the same spot. They are still mm. watching the same content creator. So have they obviously in this specific yeah. action, they haven't really changed. Yeah. They still do the same thing as before. Yeah. Um, and This will be a side tangent. Okay. <clears throat> side tangent away. So I got this from our friend who's st- whose name starts with an N. Okay. So this will explain it. He's an engineer. Yes. Um, he was. We were talking about engineering school and going to school and what that process looks like. And he described it as um, a train. That mm. en- engineering and technological development is a train that is just going. It will keep going and it will keep going. And the goal of college engineering schools or engineering classes is to get, get you enough. I've heard this of, analogy. Of he said this before. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Or I've said it before or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But essentially gives, gives you enough speed to run up and grab Jump the train. Jump the train, yeah. Gra- grab the train. And grabbing the train is getting your first job in engineering or and whatever. And it's going to pull you along. And you're pulling yourself up on that. Yeah. Um, the, and I think the rest of society is very similar where there's this constant trudge that keeps going along. Like time only goes in one direction. Yep. You're not going back. Yep. And so if you were to, again, another analogy real quick, we're all just spinning like crazy. Yep. What would happen if we stopped the earth right now? Like it stopped spinning. I have a book that could answer this, but I don't have the answer with me. <laughs> well, the quick answer is everybody would die because everybody would fly off. Yes. Um, gravity be- is not that strong. Gravity is not that strong, especially when you immediately stop something that's yes. spinning at some crazy speed. Yes. The acceleration alone would basically... Mi- 20,000 miles yeah. per hour or The deceleration like alone would like destroy everything. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Um and I kind of see that as a childish thing of mm. applying back of you are part of society. You are going to continue marching forward just because the world is, will keep spinning because that's the only option. Exactly. So you trying to plant your foot down is and stay where you're mm. at is only ever going to be hurtful to you and probably the people around yeah. you. But then also your <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're not going anywhere. So even if you stop, you're going to look 10 years from now and people are going to be doing insane things that you never thought of yeah. because they never thought of it either. And then you're going to go, well, why, why wasn't I there? And it's like, well, you chose to stop. 
Yeah. So I wonder if we can, so we're saying that like the childish behavior is the planting your foot in the ground and being like, no, I don't want to. Versus the childlike behavior is having that curiosity and saying like, oh, that's interesting. There's Look, there's thing. a, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if then we could, we could correlate that and tie that to the, you know, the, the positive versus the, the positive nostalgia versus the negative gatekeeping nostalgia we were talking about. Cause the negative gatekeeping nostalgia is saying, no, you know, the buck stops here. This is where nostalgia stops. And you know, this is the end. Uh, versus you know the more you know positive nostalgia is just saying like whoa hey i remember this from my childhood and they're bringing it back Mm -hmm. you know they're uh this is being remixed into a new form that's really cool and so like one is promoting adaptation and progression versus the other one is trying to get the earth to stop spinning yeah hmm I like that. Huh. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. That's didn't, what we're aiming for here. Didn't necessarily mean to do that, but like, yeah. Pizzas um, are circles. So are mine pizzas. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's where I would denote the, the differences. Yes. And I think, yeah, especially with the March of Progress, you do have to have a childlike curiosity, mm-hmm. a childlike yeah you can't lose that inner child because that's where some of the best beauty comes from because you have the biggest imagination then yeah um yeah the the people who have killed that inner child are the people that are usually the most miserable yeah i would totally agree so um lightning round question kind of as a as a closer that i'm thinking of uh so what are some things that you're most like positively nostalgic towards what are things you see that just make you think like oh i remember that i love that it's funny it's funny that we're talking about this and you mentioned this when i was fifth or sixth grade yeah used to play runescape i remember that so i came across a channel this week that like speaking of people that probably aren't doing the most healthy thing ever has played literally thousands of hours on different runescape accounts i forgot about runescape oh my gosh yeah so i oh man so i've been having those videos play when i was like cooking a couple days ago um just as a background because it's like oh that was kind of cool that sort of thing i always kind of look back at maple story with like fond eyes and Mm -hmm. fond memories a similar game um Yeah, I, I think I can look back at a lot of the things at childhood and go like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Or some, obviously, there were some that are just trash. But uh, that, Halo. Mm. Halo was a big one. I wasn't allowed to play so, Halo when I was a kid. Went over to my cousins to play that. Oh. <laughs> that, that's you how I devil. <laughs> you then eventually, sneaky, sneaky. Then eventually sneaky broke down my parents enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. For the record, uh, the trailers for Halo uh, mm-hmm. games are, were like some of my favorite things when I was a kid. I wasn't allowed to play the games, but I loved the trailers. The trailers were so cool. Um, <laughs> RuneScape, though. Wow, that like unlocked like core memories for me. I have not thought about that. I'm, I am currently experiencing positive nostalgia right now. Uh, so, you know, you won't be surprised by this. And anyone who's listened to our podcast for a bit would not be surprised by this probably. But uh, I generally 
have a very curious personality and one that tends towards um pacifism especially in games because i'm just not competitive in the slightest like i'm not a competitive person i genuinely just want everyone to have a good time that's the only goal yeah and when i was in junior high my friend loved runescape and he was like we should set up an account for you and i was like hell yeah let's do it and then we even like he co-opted his little brother loved it even more than him so we like co-opted his little brother into it and we got his little brother to make a character for me and like play all the tutorial levels for me so that they would literally just like hand me like a fully formed character with like a sword and a shield who can just go Mm -hmm. Uh, with like very basic stats yeah it's like they handed me that character and like you show up in the little little whatever village you start in and like i killed a goblin or two and i was like oh hey money okay cool but then i was like i i I don't i don't really care about hunting goblins i mean the goblins probably have families like i don't want to you know oh daniel i don't want to be that person and like you know there's something we said for goblin culture like i mean i'm sure the goblins have their own artists and scientists and they have their own dreams and aspirations and who am i (laughs) to you know put an end to that uh, I, I should you know really be establishing some human goblin peaceful interactions so i let the goblins be uh but i like zoomed out the map and mm-hmm. i was like oh that thing over there that looks cool that's the farthest reaches of this map i'm just gonna go there so i spent like i kid you not i mean my memory is that i spent like an hour trying to make it to the other side of the map in mm-hmm. reality it was probably like 20 minutes but in my brain it took me so long to get there because it was so much like slowly scrolling across the screen and yep. walking and walking yep. and walking and walking walking like going around people who looked scary and continuing to walk yep. and i finally made it to like this bay on the far end of the map and i was like i made it to the end of the world and then this like hobgoblin jumped out of a cave and murdered me and that was the last time i ever played runescape cumulatively i've maybe played an hour of runescape in my whole life like after that happened i was like this clearly is not the game for me this this clearly does not match my personality (laughs) so in any case there's my fun side tangent story about runescape um things that i i am positively nostalgic 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 towards uh so many things i mean star wars obviously i've said that a couple times now Mm -hmm. um i think for me one of the greatest things that i have really enjoyed in recent times was when the mandalorian came out um agree yeah both the mandalorian and when they released season eight of star wars the clone wars after like eight years of it being canceled Watching both of those, like, gave me the feeling of, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like I'm a kid sitting on my carpet, eating Pop-Tarts, and watching Star (laughs) Wars for the first time. Because, like, that was my first experience. It's, like, my mom went to the store, and, like, I don't know if we bought some cheap DVDs or if we rented them from Hollywood Mm -hmm. Video or Blockbuster because, like, movie rentals were a thing back then. Um but I remember my mom just being like, hey, like, I think you would enjoy Star Wars. And like, you're old enough. I'm sure you'll like it. And like, I remember her popping it in. And it was just like after school one day, just like sitting on the carpet, munching on my Pop-Tarts, watching Star Wars. And I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, and that was how I felt watching The Mandalorian, too. Um, so that's probably one of the things that I'm most positively nostalgic towards. Side, side tangent story, what I... I watched episode four. I was like, yeah, Star Wars is awesome. 
And then like a week later, I got back from school. I had some time, didn't really have homework. And my mom was like, hey, do you want to like watch episode five? I was like, oh, pff, sure. Empire Strikes Back. Whew, go. And my mom like went off to like go do something else. So it's like just me in the living room, just like watching it by myself. And I get to the scene where he's like, no, I am your father. And I kid you not, I paused it. And I yelled, Mom, I think there's something wrong with this movie. I don't think this is right. I was like, maybe, maybe Darth Vader could be his uncle. Maybe. There's no way he's his dad. That is just, no. Nope, no, no way. No way. And she was like, sorry, bud. That That's that's the actual movie. And I was like, well, I mean, it. It wrecked my life. <laughs> like I was just like flabbergasted. So the perks to George Lucas, he was still flabbergasting people thirty years later. So. <laughs> uh, one last one that came to mind. You likely have never seen this. Hot Wheels Acceleracers no. was. Is this a movie? It was a movie and a TV series. And the TV, I don't think the TV series got like renewed often, yeah. I, like too much. I think there was like my stomach is grumbling. That so was loudly. a Daniel Tummy, very loud. <laughs> I don't know if that came through on the whether that'll come through on the recording, but my stomach just went. <laughs> Because I have a very acoustic stomach, apparently. <laughs> Acoustically resonant abdomen. And when I say seasons, I mean like a DVD. Yes. <laughs> so I think there were like two DVDs. I don't think they even like finished the whole storyline. Like direct of the TV to home video. For TV shows. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, look back on that with like, oh, that was cool. Like I've always wanted to get a car that looks like it, but uh, that's never going to happen. Hey. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, come on, man. You never know. No, no Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday you said tomorrow. Just do it. <laughs> I will always be here for my friends saying they want to make their car be the Hot Wheels car that they loved as a kid. <laughs> I will never not support that within reason. <laughs> Asterisk within reason. I will never not support that. Well, then I would really be living a nostalgia trip there, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? We've covered, we've covered everything, all the thoughts I had. We end on Hot Wheels. We end on Hot Wheels. All right. Well, well, thanks for listening to Mind Pizza, where we have given you a piece of our mind. I'm John. I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your week.